Okay, I couldn't make it a minute. That was 45 seconds. I wrote down here, wait a minute. I just wanted to know how long it would take for it to become a little awkward for us to sit here not doing anything. Does that happen to you where you get a little uncomfortable when you're in the presence of someone and and there's maybe a little bit too much silence? Maybe there should be some music on in the background or maybe there should be some conversation and if you have nothing important to talk about, there's always sports and the weather, something. I think we've created a society that is always running. The evidence is clear. Life just keeps speeding up. We pull up to the drive-thru to pick up our fast food. And if eating a preheated burger is not fast enough, we can use a microwave to nuke our TV dinner in just a few minutes. Overnight used to be the fastest way to send a package, but now you can send it early overnight, whatever that means. Can't wait for the morning newspaper? Try picking up the early edition. Gas stations are now self-serve, and many grocery stores are now following suit with their self-checkout lanes. Looking for a number? In the 80s, we let our fingers do the walking. Now just grab your keyboard and surf the open waters of the internet at killer speeds. According to the movie, 2010 was supposed to be the year that we make contact. But now three years later, it seems as though we are a society and a people who are more disconnected than ever before. What has sped up more and more has not been the speed of sound, nor has it been the speed of light. Those have remained constant. But it seems as though the speed of time has continued to go faster and faster, doubling and tripling. And yet it's going in the wrong direction for many of us. In 1967, after a survey was taken, there were some predictions made about the future. Just a few years ago, sociologists were predicting that we would have more leisure time than we knew what to do with, according to a survey in 1967. They gave this testimony before the uh, Senate subcommittee maintaining that by 1985, people would be working just 22 hours a week. Well, there was good reason for them to think this way. They were, things, they were doing things that had not been done before. Computers were con- crunching through month-long tasks in fractions of a second. And robots had begun to handle the grueling task that once before belonged to human hands. Their conclusion... Our biggest dilemma is going to figure out what are we going to do with our time. But after the computers have been whirling, the faxes have been faxing, the copy machines have been copying, and we have been surfing the internet for all sorts of information, we're more out of breath than ever before. This society has been a club for runners, and many of us, our card-carrying members. And so I want to introduce you to an old friend, one that you may be familiar with. He knows a little bit about running, and we're going to listen to him and his journey as he began to do some running. Ryan? 
that day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. And when I got there, I thought maybe I'd run to the end of town. President Carter, suffering from heat exhaustion, fell into the arms and when of the I got there, I thought maybe I'd just run across Greenbow County. And I figured since I run this far, maybe I'd just run across the great state of Alabama. And that's what I did. I ran clear across Alabama. For no particular reason, I just kept on going. I ran clear of the ocean. And when I got there, I figured since I'd gone this far, I might as well turn around, just keep on going. When I got to another ocean, I figured since I'd gone this far, I might as well just turn back, keep right on going. When I got tired, I slept. When I got hungry, I ate. When I had to go, you know, I went. And so, you just ran. Yeah. Tom Hanks, in the movie Forrest Gump, in which we're going to look at just a little bit more, talks about this idea of running. But what I really wanted to point out is how he got started and where he was planning to go. He first was sitting on his front porch and he was upset about the relationship with Jenny and how it had deteriorated. And he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what Jenny told me to do. I'm just going to run. It had worked for him in college while playing football. It worked for him when he was over Vietnam. He decided, I'm just going to do what I always do. I'll just start running. And so he began running down the street. He went through the city. He went through the county and decided he was going to keep going and going and going. And I want to ask you this morning, how many of you started on a run a long time ago and you thought, I'm just going to go a little bit and the next thing you know, you've hit the sea and you're headed back the opposite direction. You see, for us, we live in a society now that says, run, 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 keep going, don't stop moving. You've got to have music, you've got to have sound, you have to have something in your hands. If you take the earplugs out, kids, and you put down the, the PS3 or the DS2 or the S3 iPhone 5, whatever it is that you're holding in your hands, it takes about this long and you just don't know what to do anymore. Because we're always running and we think we have to have something to do. And what the problem is, is we end up running from God. Of the three different runners that we're going to address this morning, the first one I want to look at uh, is someone who runs from God. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. We're going to spend the majority of our time in this text here. It's one that you're so familiar with that most of you probably know it by heart and could recite most of it. But just, just for my sake, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 11 of Luke chapter 15. We're going to go about uh, three and a half verses and we'll stop for a second and then we'll pick back up again. This is the parable of the lost son. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of my estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and stopped. I want to stop there for just a second and I want to look at what we know thus far about this young man. The lost son decides that he's going to go off to a distant land 
I don't know if it's, if it's because he thought the land there was better or maybe he was just far enough away from his father. But for some reason, I get the impression that maybe he was kind of like a teenager. Not unlike the story of the lost son, as we're looking at here. Uh, our journey away from God often comes with a belief that we are better off without our father. How long ago do you have to go back till you can remember a time in your life where you thought, I can't wait to get out of the house? Because once I get out of the house, I don't have to listen to my parents anymore because they're not very smart. And they have no idea what life is like. They don't know what it's like to be a teenager and have all the struggles that I have to go through. Well, this is kind of the story of this young man. And maybe it's a little bit of our spiritual journey as well. This idea that we're running from God. We think that if we run far enough, we can actually get away. The problem is, we find ourselves running, but we're not really sure why. Though God offers us love that we have never experienced, joy we have never seen, and hope that we have never felt, we still get distracted. Sadly, for many people, this is how their story ends. Faithless, helpless, hopeless, 